content warning. This episode of No Gods, No Monsters touches on potentially triggering topics, including substance use and sexual assault. Once we cross the bridge, it's another 200 miles to the nearest town. Another four miles through the police station. Police station? Yeah. What the hell are you going to do, arrest those things? Got a better idea? If you're going to the police station, drop us off before we get there. Any trouble? Actually, I'd rather just avoid having any unnecessary encounters, thanks. Damn kid should be arrested. That is a typical righteous capitalist attitude. Whoa, whoa, ease up, okay? Have some respect. Okay, if you could make a zombie movie that also incorporated a topic, a subculture, or a field that you know basically nothing about, what would you pick to make the movie cover? <laughs> it starts out like with a skydiving lesson and where the plane takes off and the the apocalypse starts and all the runways are just covered in zombies and so they have to jump and they have to jump into uh you know an unknown territory who knows how many zombies are there and they only have their wits and whatever the fuck a parachuter has on them when they're when they're parachuting to get to get out of uh trouble hell uh, yeah <laughs> First, I had not thought, I didn't have one locked and loaded for this, but right before you said that, I was thinking Formula One for some reason, (laughs) (laughs) which is kind of similar. That would be great. Like, could a zombie accidentally drive a car just by freaking out in the (laughs) seat? You know what I mean? Like, what could happen? And then uh, we could have a cold open question. Um, Do you prefer Formula One zombie movies or uh, NASCAR zombie movies? (laughs) Yes. Can you imagine a scene where, like, this person's driving to get away from the zombies, but they have to pull in for the pit crew and the pit crew fixes stuff and then it's getting eaten by zombies while just trying for no reason. I mean, the a zombie driving a car feels very much like like an old Scooby Doo kind of thing. Like I could <laughs> oh, I could yeah. very much picture that that um being what derails the crew into a haunted house. So that sounds fun. I don't know. I mean this, this is a better idea. Yeah. How about you, Charlie? Um, something I know nothing about. I think it would be fun if it was a experimental physics lab. So there's just <laughs> portals to other dimensions they're walking in and out of. There's boxes with zombies in them, and they don't know if they're living or not. Um, maybe even weird a cat gravity. Zombie. Yeah, yeah, Schrodinger zombie. Uh-huh. Totally. Uh, I think that could be a lot of fun feels like a, a nice little humble brag there that you're like, yeah, I know all about all the basic stuff, but experimental <laughs> physics, I don't know a ton about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to go all the way to rocket science before I can find anything that would fit the criteria. Hey, I, I, I'm a smart guy. What can I say? I got hey. a brain on me. 
<laughs> I don't like those fucking zombies. <laughs> Welcome to No Gods, No Monsters. We're the anti-capitalist kaiju and monster movie podcast in a world where no one's coming to save us. I'm Rabbit. Uh, I'm Charlie. And I'm Bardo. And what happens when Night of the Living Dead meets Ferngully? When 28 Days Later meets Pickaxe? When Train to Busan meets An Inconvenient Truth? That's right. We're talking about 2005 Severed, a.k.a. Forest of the Dead. Um, before we we hear what this movie's about, zombie movies. This is our first one. Uh, I'm curious to hear, what do y'all think about zombies in general? Zombie movies? Any hot takes? Um, I mean... It's one of those, it's, it's the horror genre that's been played out the most. Uh, yep. I feel partly because it's kind of easier, um, both in terms of just, uh, I think there's a lot of metaphors and symbolism you can write into zombie movies and also uh, makeup-wise and just uh, um, special effects-wise. I think it's also easier than a lot of other movies you can make. And uh, it's zombie movies are tend to be popular, so people also just want to make something that they know people automatically like. So it's definitely a genre that's been played out. But there's, there's, it. The flip side of that is there's been more zombie bangers than any other kind of monster, just because of the sheer amount of them. Hell yeah! Um, and yeah, there's tons and tons of great uh, zombie movies. I'm actually going to see uh, 1979s. Uh, zombie by uh, Lucio Fulci, which is also in Italy. Nice. It was marketed as Dawn of the Dead Part Two, um, which is one of the all-time greatest zombie movies. And tomorrow night, I'm going to see it in theaters for the first time. Fuck um, yeah! And then I, next Tuesday, I'm seeing the band Zombie, who named themselves after the movie Zombie, um, Fuck and are influenced yeah. by the band Goblin, who did the the soundtrack to Zombie and Dawn of the Dead, and who I saw play with a zombie like eight years ago. Anyways. Didn't Goblin do the the soundtrack to something we watched recently? They did a soundtrack to Suspiria, which I know you oh, watched yeah. recently. Um, Fuck yeah. Okay. Yeah. I watched it recently. We didn't collectively yes. watch it recently. They, they, okay. they did a lot of um, 80s soundtracks, but uh, or 80s and 70s Italian soundtracks for horror movies, especially for Argento, who's the director of Suspiria. Um, nice. And like I said, one of the producers on Dawn of the Dead and uh, Fulci's Zombie. Big zombie week for uh for charlie that's cool good for Hell you yeah yeah that's like huge zombie week <laughs> um but yeah i mean uh night of the D- living dead dawn of the dead day of the dead zombie uh living dead at manchester morgue which also has a bit of an environmentalist bent to it um not as forefront as this but uh cemetery man that's another one of my favorite movies there's there's just there's really banger after banger in the zombie movie just by because like i said it's like the most popular movie there's just so many fucking zombie movies yep i mean it's one of those things where like you don't you don't need to sell a particular actor in a zombie movie you just you're selling the genre itself when when you're marketing a zombie movie which is cool but yeah big big zombie movie guy myself i probably don't have quite as extensive history is charlie but i have seen 28 days and 28 weeks which is not nearly as good but 28 days later which i think is uh a an astounding film um yeah and big you know the uh of the dead 
series fan. I like some of the remakes and uh, the originals. And yeah, it's just just undead guys chewing on chewing on people is great. I'm I'm always about that. Hell yeah, yeah. I I I feel like I'm like a I love zombie shit, but I'm like a zombie normie. Uh, like my favorite probably piece of media ever is the last of us video game series like it's just fucking love that shit um like you know 28 days later train to busan the original night of the living dead fucking i even made it through like seven or eight seasons of the walking dead and like (laughs) yeah so like which i think is pretty generous of me um but yeah, I don't know. I um, I uh, definitely want to do some some deeper cuts, but I I also really like. I feel like a lot of the zombie movies, even like the really older ones, or maybe especially them, are great for this show because there are lots of social undertones, and that's fucking cool. Uh, Dead Alive. That's, that's the mall one. one, right? No, no, no. Uh, Dawn of the Dead is the mall one. Dead Alive is Peter Jackson's third movie. Oh, I was yeah. thinking the video game. Um, there's uh, some video game that takes the yeah, mall aesthetic. That game's a ton of fun, That's but right. it, it's obviously just uh, Dawn of the Dead, the video game. Yeah, it slaps um, though. Which yeah. props because Dawn of the Dead is an amazing movie. Uh, Destroying yeah, I, I, hordes of zombies with like a skateboard was was it's, so much fun. Yeah, that game is <laughs> yeah. a fucking blast. I played it. I played like the remaster of it a few years ago, and it it holds up. It's so good. Oh, and we, I forgot, Barto, you weren't part of the uh, team yet when Charlie and I discussed how we want to watch Dead Alive right before we cover, we want to cover it right before we cover the 2005 King Kong film by Peter Jackson because there's a weird connection that connects the universes where Skull Island exists in Dead Alive, (laughs) um, (laughs) which is just so great. I mean, yeah. So that's like a 2023 type episode, right? Like we are, uh, yeah, it feels yeah. like a very oh, long way away. Maybe if we're lucky, 2023, yeah. No spoilers, thanks. <laughs> totally. All right, cool. Well, Charlie, enough is enough. Can you tell us what this fucking masterpiece is about? Yes. Picture a typical scene from Rabbit's young adulthood. Muscular hunks of pure sexual testosterone are chainsawing beautiful trees in order to create beautiful lumber. Little do these hunks know that Rabbit and his group of Antifa thugs are chained to the trees, specifically the trees that have zombie sap. That is the first scene of this movie, taken straight from Rabbit's diary, and yes, Rabbit has sexually sued the film's creators over it. Well, now this logging company and the blue-haired activists are zombies. So in comes Tyler, the true people's hero, being the son of the lumber company's CEO. He teams up with the young blue-haired activists and the hunky and sexy lumberjacks to free themselves from the zombie menace. There's also one of the most despicable characters to ever appear in fiction, Carter representing the director's pure and righteous hatred of scientists, also stolen from Rabbit's Diary. (laughs) The group loses members to the zombie curse as they try to escape both the undead and the company's strike breakers brought in to gun them down. Scabby the Rat? More like Super Scabby the Rat, if you ask me. Our heroes are abducted by a logging camp of pure distilled toxic masculinity with none of the sexy hunkiness of the first logging camp. 
<laughs> in order to prove their toughness, get up close and personal to the undead and gun them down, getting both themselves and the viewer horny. That being said, they do show themselves to be utmost respectable in the ways of hospitality as they allow the guests to take the beds while they sleep on the floor. Scientist Carter, aka Wimp Carter, ruins everyone's fun by letting the zombies into the camp and everyone dies except Rita, who most certainly escapes the immediate danger only to find death or undeath soon after. The end. It's Rabbit's Pick of 2005 Sever, baby. That was awesome. Okay. Uh, general thoughts and feelings about this uh, motion picture. I-, I was mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> After and during watching it. <laughs> at about 15 I'm, minutes I'm into so this sorry. movie, I was like, how much more of this movie could there possibly be? <laughs> and it's like just an hour and 15 minutes. And I'm like, okay, no problem. <laughs> And then another 15 or so minutes into it, I was like, God damn it. <laughs> I just, it was, I mean, from the opening credits, I was like, oh, this, this is, we're, we're getting this kind of film with the, uh, you can... <laughs> the really stylized fonts for, yes, <laughs> you can tell they're trying so hard to be 28 days later and failing on every well, single count it was the first time i've been mad at 28 days later for doing that digital handicam thing because they yeah, gave these totally. guys permission to do it and and totally. i was upset that they i mean yeah it looked <laughs> bad it was poorly acted <laughs> see you say that but now since i haven't seen 28 days later i'm gonna watch 28 days later and be like oh this is such a poor imitation of sever <laughs> yes. fuck this movie uh charlie what did you think uh yeah so i'm pretty sure i've talked about it before i'm pretty easy to please horror movies in general even if they're horrible i still a lot of the time get enjoyment out of them as long as i just don't find them straight up boring uh also uh, the first time i watched this i was exercise i was exercising during it and that kind of helps me not be too critical of a movie usually because um i don't know i guess because my oxygen is being used for um, <laughs> well, and you have plenty of hunky men to like aspire <laughs> to as you were going yes <laughs> um i do think there were possibly some kind of interesting perspectives maybe slightly or interesting choices that they're going <laughs> I'm for so but yeah, curious it, what those could be it's not me this time it's not me for once but yeah i mean it, it's a dog shit movie and <laughs> it looks like shit and i was kind of like maybe it's because i didn't get the highest quality um uh, rip of it but i think also even if it was a high quality rip it still look like shit you got like 1080 or some shit. Yeah. The trailer looks that shitty too. It's the yeah. rip you gave us I think was pretty pristine. It was that, yeah. that's how this movie <laughs> just looks. Yeah, it, it's it's not a good movie. I don't recommend it to people. That being said, like I didn't <laughs> hate my time watching it. Definitely the second time when I was watching it and taking notes, it definitely felt kind of more um uh laborious. Is that a word? Yeah. Yes. It felt more laborious. Well, for for context, uh, so when I worked at the Earth First Journal, we had this kind of tradition of trying to watch all the movies that were trying to depict like radical environmentalists, and they're 
all dog shit. And so it was kind of like, you know, let's drink and look at what people think we are and laugh at it. <laughs> uh, and I started this thing called Eco Horror Movie Night. And this was the second movie that I picked. And I hadn't watched it since then. That was like 2014. And I knew it was bad. I didn't remember it being this bad, but I knew it was bad. But I just, the image of the idea of people trying to chain themselves to trees and then getting eaten by zombies is too perfect of a metaphor for civil disobedience that I couldn't get it out of my head. Um, <laughs> okay, so that was my favorite part of this movie. And Far it's and dog away. shit. And yeah. we'll, we'll, get into, we'll get into why, but yeah, I mean... Oh, such a bad movie. Yeah, obviously Forest Action Committee is basically supposed to be Earth First. And they do, this guy knows, we'll get to it, but nothing about what he's talking. Whoever wrote this, I don't even know who it was. I didn't look up anybody involved in this dog shit piece of crap. I don't want to put him on blast. I'm not, I'm not about that. No personal attacks sure. here, you know. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, but fuck that person. I'm just kidding. Uh <laughs> Okay, one thing that also just bugged me, like, it's like, you don't need to know a lot about, you know, the topics you're talking about, genetic engineering, environmentalism, logging, any of that, to, like, have basic rules for the zombies. Like, what the fuck were the rules? Like, can the zombies hear or can they not hear? Like, first they'd be yelling next to a zombie and it wouldn't turn around, but then they'd be like, don't, don't be loud, don't be loud. <laughs> or like, does blood infect you? Like, you know? I yeah. don't know. I, I, Do we have to cut off their head? Is that just that one zombie? Like, what are you talking yeah, about? There was no... I couldn't figure out the mechanism for infection. I couldn't figure out the mechanism nope. for killing them. Because another guy just, like, shot a zombie, like, a couple times yeah. in the chest. And that was it. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't figure out what, like, any, any of the basic, like, <laughs> established, like... It's fine to be derivative of like what a zombie is that's cool that's what's fun sure. about the zombie genre but you still have to like create a couple rules for your world you know i couldn't even just figure a little out, consistency i couldn't even figure out how dude got his truck there you know like yeah. they're like the nearest town is 200 miles away i'm like this which like what island is this yeah yeah they're the on an island but the nearest truck in town is 200 miles away this truck can drive 400 miles on a tank of gas, presumably. Yeah, I, was about, <laughs> I was wondering about the gas. Um, like, there was also, like, kind of in that same vein, just some really stupid uh, story choices. Like, the, the truck gets sidelined, and all of a sudden, Max, like, why don't we try to go for the uh, radio at the mill? It's like, how did that idea not come to you? Like, you guys were, like, holed up in that cabin. Totally. Like, it never occurred to you to try to go for the the radio in the mill before or also he like goes and gets eric's truck like the next day like seemingly pretty easily because he just goes off and does it by himself <laughs> and like surprises the rest of them like oh i got this guy's truck but that had never occurred to him before just all of a sudden it occurred to him in the the moment um and he went and got it while they were doing repairs on another truck yeah like there, it was one <laughs> yeah. of several yeah, things like, where, i know this truck is like, not gonna work i'll just let them waste their energy on that well i go by right. myself through the zombie infested woods to get this other truck that i apparently i've known has been there the entire time it's one of the things and they did this a, a couple of times where like a thing happens and then we discover that the whole scene of that happening was completely pointless <laughs> like totally like the people chained to a tree 
Like they, I mean, it was, it was funny kind of to watch like, yeah, but it happened. And then the people, some of them escaped and then immediately died pretty much. (laughs) Like there was no, like nothing came from that except that the, the activist girl character who's, I did not write down anyone's names. And for that, I'm sorry, but, uh, uh, except that she felt loss, except she immediately forgets that there was yes. loss at all and moves on, you know, like it's not only that. One of the insane things about that scene is, so yeah, her, her boyfriend is one of the guys chained and we see them in the very beginning of the movie. She's like, yeah, you're going to chain yourself to the tree. And he's like, okay, if you say so. Um, but one of the insane things about when they go to save the people chained to the tree is that that was not their objective. They were going to the truck and they got like sidelined because they got attacked by because they were trying to get back to the middle to get to Tyler's truck, and they were sidelined because they got, uh, got attacked by zombies. And then they heard the people in the chains like calling for help, so then they went to help them. But like it, it had never occurred to them before. Like we need to save these people. They're just like, oh shit, yeah, I forgot about my boyfriend tied uh, chained to that fucking tree. <laughs> I'm just going to shut up. There's so many things about the way that all of the activist stuff happens that is insanely (laughs) wrong. Like, but also, yeah, everything's just incidental. The one that pissed me off the most of just like, you know, setting things up and it not mattering is the fucking, they're on an island. And the first time we see Tyler, like the kind of main character, he's learning to land a plane that lands on water. And it's like, surely this will be important. And like, it doesn't even get brought up. It could even be like, oh my God, that's the place we're going to get to. And they don't get there. But it's just like, do y'all not realize you wrote, like, clearly your friend just had a plane that you could land and film it. And so you not only that, it. but... Like, so he lands that the first time we see him, and then he's talking to his dad, and his dad's like, you got to follow in my footsteps. And he brings it up. He's like, I don't want to follow in your footsteps, basically. He's trying to say that. You know, I landed the plane. I tried to land the plane yesterday for the first time on the water, and I did it perfectly. And so they even bring yeah. it up again. They even reinforce it like, yeah, this is something that matters, that he can fucking land a plane but on it's water. <laughs> and yeah, nothing. I mean- In that same scene, the whole metaphor that the dad is using about how it's Tyler's shot in in billiards is about like, you know, you're trying to take the first one you think of, but you got to think of the long game, blah, blah, blah. And then after that whole thing, Tyler goes, it's your shot. But it's not his shot. The whole metaphor was about how it's Tyler's shot. And then the next line is, Dad, it's your shot. Like, nothing matters. And and again, doesn't come up. There's no, because there's no... no even point where there could be think like where tyler could be thinking two or three steps ahead that that doesn't even like there's no because you're being chased by zombies you know like i get it in that situation i'm not thinking two or three steps ahead either i don't i don't blame anyone for that but i i do blame the whoever wrote that whole scene in because in fact nothing his death is the complete opposite of thinking three steps ahead. He sees a guy who is objectively one of the worst pe- people on the fucking planet who has doomed all of them <laughs> being like no way to save him eaten by zombies. And he's like, sorry, Rita, I got to go try to help him. Like that's the very opposite of thinking any steps ahead of thinking at all. It's just acting uh, like, you know, I have to be 
a leader and I guess and try to save him, which even isn't much of a leader position because he's should have listened <laughs> yeah. to his dad. Could could someone before we move any further, does someone want to give like a a thirty second like overview of who Tyler is? Yeah, so I'll, I was about to say that. Yeah, so basic plot points because this movie's hard to find and you should not watch it. Uh, is that there's a kid named Tyler who's the son of this guy who owns a big corporation. The big corporation is doing logging and also genetically engineering trees in the logging area so that they grow faster. And then there's this calamity with zombies. The company sends Tyler in to see why the profits are, like, not high. And Tyler, like, begrudgingly goes, but he doesn't aspire to be part of his dad's big company. He just wants to fly hydroplanes. And then he runs into all the other characters, which is a mix of loggers and anti-logging activists. And eventually they end up in a man camp, which we'll get into what the fuck that was or how long it's been there. Uh, And that's most of the movie. Is that what I'm supposed to do with the synopsis? No, No. I mean, you do great. (laughs) Never change. You do great. Yeah, don't do anything different. But, I mean, Tyler is... I, I I can't cite a source on this, but but hear me <laughs> out. In the late '90s and early 2000s, I even feel like 2005 was like a little bit late for this. But there was like a thing about making fail sons of evil dads <clears throat> like good in movies, like a yeah. redemption arc of fail sons, and and um, he is very much like that guy. Oh totally Um, yeah where he sucks he is annoying he is a brat um and not just like a brat as in like he doesn't like his dad he's just like mean to everyone that he's around i didn't think so i thought he was one of the better characters but some of what you're saying is true okay uh... I thought he was one of the more redeemable characters. Um, but he was a snotty, he spoiled was, kid. He was, but for also sure. he was kind of like open. Like, like when she was like, "I'm I'm vegan. I can't eat this sandwich." She wasn't just like, "Oh, what's wrong with you?" He's like, "Oh, you know, I have some tomatoes. I can go grab you." Um, he seemed to be no, that's true. Like he did come from a privileged position, but he was open to other people's positions, and he wasn't. He was definitely not stuck into uh, the world that his dad is trying to put him into. But yeah. And I guess that all struck me as weird because it, it felt like he really had a moment where he like came into himself as like a character that we're really supposed to like after he like brutally slaughtered one of those <laughs> zombies. Like there's this mm. like scene of in a couple scenes of like, I wouldn't say intense violence in the sense that like it's hard to look at because none of the violence is um, interesting, no. I guess. Um, Tom Savini was not working on this movie. He was not. But like he has this sort of moment of cathartic violence and then he's like very chill with everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't I just didn't sense that much of a shift. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to watch it again and find <laughs> no, out. No, no, no. Me neither. <laughs> but I mean. Piggy jumping on him, his dad was such just what the fuck are you doing? Like they they set it up that there's gonna be this thing with his dad. So they keep cutting back and so they the movie starts out with him and his dad talking and his dad's like, You have to you know, you're you're gonna follow in my footsteps, you have to go do the dirty work and become a leader, become a man, whatever. And then the zombie thing breaks out and the uh, chair the what do you call it? The board of chairs? What's what's it called? 
the board. The, the board. Um, they learn about it and they're like, we need to kill them all and contain this so it doesn't get out. And his dad's like, no, I can't do that. My son's there. And the other guy's like, sorry, but the board's going to overrule uh, your, your uh, decision. And you feel like there's going to be something going back to that where his dad's like trying to do something to oppose it. And they never do. I mean, even with uh, Tyler, like, they have people being like, your daddy sent uh, people to shoot and kill us. And he's like, my dad wouldn't do that. So once again, you think that maybe there'll be a cut to his dad trying to do something. But the next time we see his dad, it's just at the end of the movie when he's, like, staring at a picture of his son in an empty chair next to him. And he's, like, sure that his son's dead. Like, they set it up to be some kind of – where him – they set it up for him to try to do something to save his son, and they just completely fucking abandoned that uh, plot line. So I think this movie has, like, two kinds of things that are, like, confusing. One are just, like, inconsistencies and bullshit. And some of it is, like, there's so many, like, weird political and ethical things happening that you're constantly trying to figure out what they're trying to say and i think what you're talking about is a big part of it like so i think the biggest discussion here is going to be like what the hell is this movie trying to say and part of it is like what are they trying to say with this like why is the dad like brought up a bunch in the beginning and then just shown at the end and like the thing the thing you brought up about um about him having to like sign the contract it's implied he does but the only threat they give him is, like, if you don't sign the contract, the board will just yeah. do it anyway. It's like, what kind of a threat is that? That just don't sign it. Like, at least, like, like. Maybe it's showing how he was so insistent and adamant that his son mans up and becomes a leader. But he himself is not a man nor a leader as he is just instantly cucked by the board. I mean, yeah, it is very much like a, he is completely impotent in mm-hmm. this situation kind of yeah, thing. Fully. And, and it, it feels like they could be making some sort of, <clears throat> I don't know how I feel about this, uh, uh, statement about like um, the the individuals within a corporate structure are like powerless to to overcome the the structure's like need for power and wealth in of itself like power feeds itself and will will continue on forward and like there's no individual in there who could stop it but it just makes it look like he didn't try yeah yeah i mean that's how i took the ending is like trying to stop corporate greed is impossible like capitalism's going to do what it's going to do but then there's also all these implications then of like you know, if that's what it's saying, then also they're saying that, like, that people shouldn't create business legacies for their <laughs> children that they force them into because they actually aren't giving, empowering you. They're, you're stuck in them. But also this movie is so fucking confusing <laughs> that I'm like, I can't give it enough credit to think that that's what it's saying. The, do y'all remember the one conversation that where they talk about capitalism in the movie? You're talking about Rita um, calling Mac a yeah. capitalist. This is like the most confusing discussion like uh rita is like a police station the hell are you gonna do arrest those things about the zombies and max says you got a better idea which right off the bat it's like wait no you weren't doing it to arrest them you wanted people with guns why are you saying you got a better idea anyway rita says 
If you're going to the police station, drop me off before we get there. Tyler says something doesn't matter. Rita says, I'd like to avoid unnecessary encounters. Max says, damn kids should be arrested. And Rita says, that's a typical righteous capitalist attitude. And Luke goes, whoa, 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 ease up, have some respect. But like, in a movie that has a board, like, deciding to literally shoot the son of the CEO Mm -hmm. from a helicopter... The only mention of capitalism is that the capitalist attitudes that an activist should be arrested. Like, what is going on? It's not just having them shot by the helicopters. It's using their established strike breakers to uh, be yes. murderers instead of just strike breakers. And apparently strike breakers so are like, all right. scabs. <laughs> We have scabs that they call gun thugs. But their biggest statement about capitalism they actually make is that, like, they want activists arrested when they block trees. I'm so... Then they also... They they set it up very early. What's his name? Is is Max, like, the foreman? Is that what his name is? Mac. Mac Mac is the foreman, yeah. Um, Who, very on in the movie, says, those damn bloody protesters... And they also, just after they have the scene where um, they're trying to, they're they're doing the human line, trying to block the truck from going in and kind of like grabbing on the side of the truck, which felt to me like they're doing like zombie imagery Mm -hmm. as like the protesters Mm, are like zombies and he's like the damn bloody protesters right after that. And I'm like, oh, so they're making a point about something i don't know what exactly but they're they're comparing sure. the the protesters to zombies but in the end it they don't return to that metaphor at all no it felt very no. clear that they were I making that point that early on damn interesting i think one other thing we haven't mentioned that's important about the board and the dad is like the the dad is at this board meeting and they're all worried about like uh, the the PR and the stock values and the increased profit margins. And then the dad only cares that something bad might be happening once he knows his son is involved. But then he still, like you're saying, Charlie, doesn't care enough to actually do anything. Like, it's so fucking weird. But, it, like, it's saying yeah. something like, oh, these people are selfish and, like, they, they don't care if people get hurt unless it's their own. But then they don't care if their own gets hurt either enough. They're just going to sulk a little bit. I mean, it's just insane. Not only just from the perspective of the character, but from the perspective of the filmmaking. Like, it seemed like they were clearly setting up, like, they were going to follow a side plot with the dad in some way. But they just completely abandoned it. it it's it's insane. <laughs> I, I mean, it felt like the whole time, it felt like they were going to set up to say something we have mm-hmm. all of we yes. have a point of ideological struggle in this forest and then these ideology monsters yeah. which are what zombies are almost always they're ideology monsters of some kind come out and the the filmmaker just abandons all pretenses that that they've set up for themselves totally and I, I don't know i don't know what to make of it at all Completely well, baffling. Film. Well, speaking of which, let's talk about genetically engineered trees for a minute. Okay. Because, you know, if you have a movie where genetically engineering trees is causing the sap to turn people into zombies, you would think that the movie would be saying that genetic engineering is at least dangerous and we should be very careful with it, right? Like, that would be the implication. The So, 
just so people know, genetically engineered trees are a big thing, and it is a big problem. Um, like, the American chestnut is probably going to go absolutely extinct because the genetically engineered versions of the chestnut that it can withstand colder temperatures and all this other stuff that I don't remember are taking over. So this is like a real thing. And in 2005, it was at least starting out, I believe. It's been a while since I've looked into it, but it's not like this wacky thing this person came up with. But then the movie doesn't make any statements about it other than that. And I'd say it makes some really confusing statements about like the people who care about that. Because you have these groups, you have the people doing the genetic engineering, and then you have like the scientist Carter, and then you have the loggers who are taking down the trees, and then you have the activists. And I think maybe just talking about, we already did the corporation and the dad, but like talking about how each of those groups are portrayed might give us an idea of how they are or aren't saying something. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. I don't have much to say about genetically engineered trees. I just want to like go into how like the loggers, like Mac is the only good guy in the movie and he's the head logger. Yeah. So right? in general, I feel like the movie has the most respect for the loggers and then the activists. And then um, uh, it, it, there's three kind of principles at play. I feel like it's it's the loggers at the top, then the activists and then the scientists and Tyler kind of just like fits in and molds along. Um, I mean, there's also the board, but that's kind of detached from the action of the movie, which I'm talking about. There's also a uh, Carter, right? That Carter's a scientist. Uh, that's, that's what I'm saying. He's like the third one. I think one interesting thing about it is the, the, how it portrays solidarity. So naturally all the loggers have solidarity with each other. And then all the activists have solidarity with each other. But then as the groups kind of merge and are forced to depend on each other, they start finding solidarity with each other because they're both confronted with this same conflict now. Um, before, yeah. the loggers, you know, their conflict was trying to bring home a paycheck. They're not, uh, they're most likely not even informed about all the environmental aspects. They're just, you know, I'm going to take, I need to, uh, this is a way to support myself and my family. And they hate the protesters because they're in their way. Yeah. The activists, their their conflict is, you know, um, we want to save uh, the forest, the planet, um, so on. Uh, but, um, yeah, then the, the whole conflict of the zombie puts them together and they realize, you know, we can work to, uh, with each other. Um, we don't actually hate each other as much as we do in our heads when our other conflicts uh, pit us against each other. Um, sure. Uh, ultimately pit us against each other by the board itself, who is detached from the uh, intricacies of the conflict on the ground. Um, but then definitely, I think it really kind of hammers that, that solidarity aspect home with uh, Mac kills Rita's boyfriend um, and Rita kills Luke, which uh, Mac sees as his son. And, um, both when they were when the boyfriend is kind of pitted against Rita as a zombie and Luke is pitted against Mac as a zombie. I thought that was a really interesting mm. thing for it to mm. do to kind of hammer home them finding um uh solidarity and trust in each other. Totally. But um and we kind of see that as they go through, but one of the interesting things is I feel like this movie is so anti scientist because Carter is just the biggest wimp and shit um the whole time. Well like your hierarchy though, like you said there's like, oh, it's like the, the loggers, then it's the activists, and then down and down. But like, between loggers and activists is like 5,000 miles. I feel like um, the director is sympathetic 
ultimately with the idea of saving the planet, but they think that the activists are just naive uh, idiots. Sure, sure. Well, let's let's dive into activists when we when we get to them. But yeah, like, you, do you agree with me? Loggers are like pretty chill, and then the activists are like shitty yeah. people. I don't but think like, they, yeah, they think necessarily sure. they're shitty people. I think they're just. I Dude, think Rita's he sees them as super fucking... misguided and naive, and um, ultimately destructive. And they're yeah. I I don't think they have really. We don't get to know most of the activists at all, except for Rita. Yeah. Um, Same with the loggers and Mac. But Rita is very annoying. Yeah. Like, not, awful person. Not pleasant at all. Not interesting. Not articulate. And, in, in like, a very, like, the director watched, like, a CNN roundup of the battle in Seattle protests. Totally. And was, like... Okay, this is yeah. what lefties think. And, yeah, um, for sure. And Whereas Mac, it's like, he treats people like family. Uh-huh. He can't even handle killing Luke because even when he's a zombie. And he's clearly, like, well, clear-headed. Like, he, Mac already gets it. And the activist person, as, as Rita, have to, like, learn to be just, like, normal humans. Like, they're not even there yet. Well, Mac can't kill Luke, like. but Rita can't kill Greg, her boyfriend. That's just why I'm pointing out that they sure. they kind of stood in for each other to help no, that themselves was a good point. Uh, do that. And and I just want to throw this in before we continue. But my point is, Carter, the scientist, he completely lacks solidarity to the point where he's tagged along yes. with this group that has saved his ass repeatedly. And at the end of the movie, he just lets the zombies into the camp and is just like, fuck y'all, I'm getting out of here um, by myself. Totally. And even then, Tyler stupidly it's just like i'm gonna try to save him even though he's obviously dead um very strange but it's yeah it's you really see all the other characters try to form this kind of um we're in this together mentality and you know maybe we're not so different and carter is just completely opposed to any aspect of that at all he's just one of the most despicable characters ever (laughs) yes I mean, I think Rita is a lot better than Carter, but I think mostly she's concerned with herself the entire movie. Um, like her, I mean, if you're, y'all are down, let's just start talking about the activism. Like, I think Rita is the main pulse of that. And it's mm. like, she's, I mean, like you said, fucking Barto, like it's incoherent. Like she's yelling about capitalism at one point, but then when like Mac is upset that Tyler only came there uh, to see if production was going on and not for their safety, Rita's like, quit being yeah, a bully. Yeah. You're being a bully. She's like, she has no She's like, don't ideology. you know that's the CEO's son? Stop bullying him. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. And, like, I mean, just the idea that she would, like, like, Greg would die and then she would sleep with her enemy's mm. son right away is, like, sure, I get that you're in a traumatic situation, but I feel like the film is portraying you as having zero yeah. compass. Well, you just found... Can, uh, can I just say... Yeah. Ladies love when they tell you that they're frightened by the other men around you. Oh uh, my god! For you to make a pass at them, like what? Yes. What a what a fucking so bizarre fun. sequence! Okay. I could not believe what horrible. I was watching. That horrible. That sequence. They're in that cabin where you know they they were like, okay, you guys, we only have three beds. You have to share a bed. Um, yeah. So at that point, I'm thinking. Okay, there's just uh, Carter and Mac are the only other people in that cabin, you know, still kind of 
maybe not the best uh, choice to have sex, but whatever. It's the end of the world. It's the end of your lives. Um, you know, if, if you're both into it, I guess go for it. But later, the next night, when we see Carter sneaking out of the cabin, he's like tiptoeing around people sleeping on the floor. Yeah. Like that cabin is full of just these lumberjacks like lying on the floor. I just found that so weird that they're having a discussion about needing to escape like, yeah, they're whispering, but apparently it was they're whispering in just a cabin full of people. And then they just had sex in this cabin full of uh, yeah. lumberjacks who are just like threatening both physically and uh, towards her sexually. Um, it's it's very weird. Which um, even and, more adds to Bartos point of like, this is not the environment yeah, to make a pass. Yeah, totally. Like, that was so hard to see. It was just like, are, you're the... Are you kidding me, dude? This person's worried about sexual assault. And you're like, and she, like, the even the way it's shot, like, he starts leaning in for a kiss and she does not move a millimeter. And he just keeps leaning and keeps leaning and keeps leaning. It's like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Like, take a hit. But then she's into it because this movie's horrible. Yeah. yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. Very strange. Well, um, I also want to add on to your point about how her boyfriend dies as a zombie and then she's like immediately hooking up with um tyler but they even put more of that into it because when um the uh tyler's dad and the other guy are talking about rita they bring up like don't you remember that that uh guy that we had arrested well this was his um this was his girl uh who's now running the the activist camp in this logging camp so they even add on like another relationship um just i feel like just to hammer home that point that she's uh weird not uh particularly i guess attached um or cares she's about her relationship leftist yes yes yeah yeah right? i definitely like, feel like um this was movie is made by someone who does is not a fan of um these kind of leftist activists. But like I said, I feel like there is something in it where he's like, well, you know, they do have a, a point somewhere there about uh, the environment, but everything about them and the way they go about it and their lives are just wrong. Yeah. I mean, I have more thoughts on that once we kind of hammer all this stuff home, because I think there is a viewpoint that's pretty disgusting okay. in this movie, but I'm curious what you all think too. But, um, if we could talk about some of the, because we just talked about Greg being chained to a tree, and I just, I want to go into some of these tactics, because, like, it's so hard to see this shit. Like, the first thing we see is he's, uh, Greg's, like, chained to a tree, and she just goes, yeah, come on. And that's it. That's the whole discussion about whether she should he should chain himself to a fucking tree. That is not... The idea that somebody who wrote this movie thinks that that's how that shit happens and that they would chain them to random trees in the forest and not have a team knowing where they are, not have people ready, and that they couldn't get out is just, like, so fucking stupid. <laughs> like, it's just insane. You do not do that. Like, there's, like, a whole legal briefing you do and, like, you know, never push someone to chain themselves to something. Like, it's just they're portraying them as, like, insanely reckless and it's frustrating. But I knew that there was going to be that this was not going to be an accurate portrayal of like earth first or whatever they're trying to do. As soon as they show the protest camp and like in the first shot, like the majority of people are like 50 year old dudes, like by themselves in a tent. And I was like, okay, this is not going to be accurate. Like as someone who, when I'm 50, I hope I'm going to action camps. Like 
you're lucky if mo- the median is like 22. Like, it was just so funny to see. I'm like, oh, God, this is going to be so wrong. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The Barto, you mentioned the uh, what would be called like a soft blockade, the people blocking the road with the truck mm-hmm. coming. I did not get the zombie thing you said at first. Like, I did not notice that. I think that's really good. But to me, that was like the only semi-realistic looking thing. Right. Like, when you're standing there and then a car, like, usually what happens is they try to drive slow. And if they try to drive slow, some people, like, try to hold it and they can't. Some people hit it and some people run off. And, like, that was it, which, again, adds to the thing of, like, I think they've only seen a little footage. Because that's the kind of thing you can see in footage. But the rest, you don't. Um. But yeah, I don't, I just want people to know that, like, if you go to a protest camp, nobody's gonna guilt you into chaining your body to a tree. And if you decide to lock to something, you're gonna have a way to get out. Like, you're in power of getting out. Like, you have a key or you have, like, a latch inside your lockbox where you can undo it, but no one else can. Like, this is not how they do it. And I know they had to keep them chained there so they could get eaten by zombies. And it was great. But, like, that is not how it works. Like, at least have them fishing for the key and they can't get it or something. Like, oh, it just killed me. Piggybacking on that um, and our discussion about Rita is, like, that's also her boyfriend and... Once again, yes. they don't. He, he, she, she, he's like, "You want me to chain myself to a tree?" She's like, "Yeah." And then that's it. Like, there's no. I mean, even... maybe like a lot of Earthbursters, she's Polly, and Polly people don't care about yeah. their partners. They just chain them to trees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you do go to an action and someone says, "Yeah, chain yourself, chain yourself to a tree, coward, coward," you know, like yeah. just leave. <laughs> that's what you yes, do. That's no, that what... is. Doesn't matter if you've that been is... dating that person. Sometimes mm-hmm. cops date activists too, you know? Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah, Fully. Get out of there. <laughs> Fully. Yeah. And, and I mean, that makes her seem even worse because now it feels like she's just using her uh, her strength as both the leader of the group and as her girlfriend, as his girlfriend, to, to pressure totally. him into chaining himself to the tree. Yeah. When, um, Oh, God, I can't remember his name. There's this guy who was part of Common Ground Collective uh, during Hurricane Katrina that then Brandon Darby, he became oh. an informant and and tried to like, uh, like, you know, give information that could lead to the arrest of activists. And the way he did it was being like sitting with young people and being like, oh, that's your plan. You're going to like block a road. Why aren't you making Molotov cocktails? That's what real people do. Am I wasting my time here? And finally they did it. And then they served all these years in prison. Like, yep. cause he convinced them to be bullied them into it. Like, do not, that's not, that's not the way folks, <laughs> like not at all. Um, I just want to mention the tree spiking. Cause like, first of all, the idea that they're like, this, these are the people who've been, you know, holding rallies and holding banners and also tree spiking which is like a fucking felony and that you would just know that these people are tree spiking and like they'll all have a camp where they're advertising that shit is just so not real but like the idea of tree spiking is like for people who don't know what it is you get a long like metal nail uh i forget what they're called and you put it into trees it's called a spike <laughs> oh yeah sorry there you go and the idea is that you like it's dangerous to cut into that tree or to put it through the mill i think the only person who's ever been injured by one it went through a mill a sawmill and it shot off and hit them um and that one was probably placed by this weird like uh christian group that was affiliated with the fbi if you want more on that watch the movie who bombed judy berry it's a trip um but the whole idea is that you advertise that you did it so they don't cut the trees you don't want the trees to get cut so you 
put signs everywhere, you send messages to them, you tell them that. You don't randomly put spikes in forests and then leave. Yeah. It makes no sense. It doesn't help the forest. And that's just... Uh, yes, that's my beef. I also want to point out from just a plot perspective, it's actually probably good that she spiked that tree because otherwise <laughs> the sap would have gotten like exported out of there right like <laughs> that's what this movie's saying too yeah <laughs> like the zombie uh, disease would have gotten like spread out around dude when mac is dying and she's like i have to tell you something mac i spiked the tree <laughs> i i was like almost cry laughing like it's so fucking bad uh my final beef is, like, if you're having a zombie Earth First movie, why don't you have a tree sit? Think of how much more interesting, how much drama and shit you could have around the main <sighs> tactic that's used in forests. You're so like, no right. one. It would be such a huge, like, good fucking thing. Like, it'd be so interesting trying to figure out a way down and shit. And that's the main tactic. Wait, is, is that, like, when a bunch of people are up in the tree? Or... It's when you build a platform high in a tree and sit in it. So if you cut it down, they cut it okay. down, you'll die. Like Arrested Development. And then it's really hard to extract you. Like, like yeah. Clint Howard in Arrested Development. That would be yeah. such a cool movie. You're right? blowing my mind. It could be one of those, like, <laughs> like um... What's the movie about, like, the 10,000-year-old guy who, like, is friends with all these people and he, like, goes to their house and explains how he's, oh, man. Or... Uh, no idea. You know, like, one of those, like, one-set movies. You know? Like Fall that just came out. Or that one where the two people are my, in water and they're just, like, floating in water yeah. the whole... Yeah. Um, totally. But just, like, a bunch of guys up in, you know, they go up in the tree and then... yes screaming starts below and it's just conversations about what the fuck to do with the occasional like totally someone has fallen down there's zombie oh that would yes. be such a good movie people trying to do supply runs to help them like which is a whole thing in tree sitting but without getting into the zombies like and that's the main earth first tactic like what are you doing this is the it's second no gods no monsters uh movie and just so everyone knows there is a little r with a circle around it on this episode so <laughs> you have to recognize that yeah yeah wow you're you just <laughs> blew my mind i'm like i'm now even more mad that we watched this movie yes. when this <laughs> hypothetical good movie exists i thought we were gonna get one the first time i watched it i was like they gotta do it right they gotta but no one more activist beef I just have to throw out, uh, kind of pun intended. They get all the sandwiches, and Rita sits there and peels the ham off and throws it on the ground. No one who has been in activist circles for a long time would fucking do that. Like, that's yeah. such a thing that, like, like, if you're in jail and you're vegetarian, everybody who goes to jail and is vegetarian knows that you give away the meat, yeah, that... and that's how you, like, build solidarity with the other people that right now think you're a weirdo activist. Like, that is the thing you do. Like, everyone knows that. That was so and, fucked like, up. And it was just like, oh, this person's never. Yeah. Like, it, it was just so frustrating. Like, on the ground? What the fuck? It's the apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's people right in front of you, like... She doesn't even eat the bread, dude. You know, how much... yeah, like the, anyway. the guy right next to you is eating ham. Like, yeah, dude. 
Unless you're going to take that ham out of his sandwich and throw it, like, you might as well just get a new fucking ham. <laughs> totally. Everyone ate sandwiches weird in that. There was no one yes. who was eating sandwiches normal. I could not figure out what was going on, how, how they directed that scene. And they're like, don't eat a sandwich. Don't all of you are going to eat a sandwich in a way that no one has ever eaten a sandwich before. And Wasn't one person like ripping pieces off and eating it? And, I can't yeah, remember. And someone else was like digging into it, like around his face, <laughs> like, <laughs> like like eating through the crust. I, I or you know so the crust like formed like almost like a uh, mudden chops around his face. I don't know. It was like it was very very. And then then the so she was funny. just picking it apart, and I never. I I don't know. I've never seen an eating scene quite like that before. It was that and was perhaps was the most remarkable part of this movie. And also was watching them eat sandwiches. It's very weird how he's like, Oh, you know what? I have something vegans can eat. I have two tomatoes. It's just like <laughs> a super random thing. Like that that A, that's like the only thing he has, and just like a weird thing to be the only thing. <laughs> I don't know. Like a sandwich is like two thirds vegetarian already <laughs> or vegan already. So that's weird. But also like, yeah, where did he get these sandwiches? Because they they were already bagged up. Yeah. But like there was the perfect amount for everybody, but also there were some tomatoes. Like, what's this sit- food situation? I was also wondering about no that. Idea. Like, did he bring those with his no, no, I, he went to the building to get him. It's just like this movie wanted to make sure that every aspect was just off enough that we could have like a five minute discussion about why do they where did this food come from? Like, <laughs> it's so fucking confusing. Huh. But yeah, any other thoughts about like how the activists were portrayed, like whether Rita or someone else like? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, they had these other characters who I forgot instantly. Yeah. Like as soon yeah. as they were gone, I'm like, I feel like there were more people here before, but they weren't anybody. And again, like they <laughs> saved these people from the trees and within 10 minutes, they were both killed. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and there was nothing gained by <laughs> any of that, except that we got to see a guy I mean, that was the coolest death in the movie, was was the guy held (laughs) tied to the tree and just being eaten. I don't know what you're complaining about. That was like the biggest gain of the movie. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it was pretty cool. It was that and the the first zombie we saw die who got shredded by the the big table saw or whatever. Yeah, 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 the mill saw, uh, which was pretty fucking cool. But yeah. Yeah, and, and once again with that chained to the tree scene, they did not set out to find them. They were just like, "Oh shit, yeah, those people. My boyfriend's trained totally. chained to the tree. Let's let's go get them." I, I cannot explain how impossible that is. <laughs> like you, pl- like that's just not how it works. Like, why some random trees in a forest? Why yeah. you're supposed to have. Like, anytime you see a news and there's somebody, like, locked to something, there are so many people behind the scenes. Yeah. Like, it's just not how it works. Maybe it was like, their first time. <laughs> they just chose a completely random tree, an entire fucking forest of trees. <laughs> and they're like, 
This will stop we, them. <laughs> we'll chain ourselves so we can't get out. We can't unlock, but we'll have no food, no water, <laughs> nobody around to unlock us, no way of getting, like, what's the plan? You're just going to die. <laughs> it makes no sense. We have to, and now we need to cut this tree down to get get the corpse off. <laughs> yeah. You know. yeah. The lumberjacks are just going to be like, okay, I guess we'll just, uh, cut these other million trees and wait for you to die and then we'll then we'll go ahead and cut that tree <laughs> yeah oh that just reminds me there's a shot uh where they do chainsaw down a tree and they show him cutting the tree and then when they show a higher view of the tree falling it's a completely different tree like <laughs> the one they're cutting is like alive and it's like this healthy robust huge pine and the one that's falling has been dead for years has no leaves on it like they just got footage of a tree falling I don't it's know. so fucking frustrating kind of sounds like we got a fucking tree nerd here tree nerd <gasps> enough, to, enough to tell if one's dead or alive like that's it <laughs> Sounds like you know uh, your books. Well, we've talked about Carter a lot. The only other thing I want to throw in is, I mean, besides all the things you said, Charlie, about him being absolutely horrible, is that I like that when he's dying, he's just going, wait, 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 wait. Like, he could use his <laughs> shitty skills of, like, being yeah. an annoying asshole to get out of it from the zombies. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, also with him, he also tries to justify his actions where he's like, yeah. I'm doing more than any of you activists will because uh, by genetically engineering trees, we can, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, there, yeah, we could regrow the forest yeah, faster, yeah, save it from but, climate change or whatever. Yeah. So can I confirm that his motivation throughout this, he was like his his role was essentially like a mole. You know, he was like the company man within this group, right? And wait, wait within which group? Within this group of survivors. Sure. Um, and his because I was trying to track his motivation yeah, for I, this whole thing. I still and it felt like it was no one told him at any point. I don't think that we're doing containment and lockdown. No. He just like assumed that's what's going on. So his goal was for everyone else to die and for him to magically escape somehow. Right. I, that was, I don't know. If that was his goal. I just think ultimately he was just, I'm the only person that matters. Fuck all these other people. Uh, no matter what, I don't care. I don't think his necessarily his goal was that they, have to die just that he doesn't give a shit whether they die i don't think he was necessarily on the side of containment i don't think he was on anybody's side except for himself so i think are you were you about to say he left the cage open bardo yeah so the the way i take it is that the loggers don't know the trees are genetically engineered and i don't know if the activists know so he's kind of freaked out that once people find out they're gonna attack him and so like at the end there, like, the way I took it is he wanted to escape on his own. I don't know what he thought would happen, but that he'd get away. And the more of them that die, the less will be able to be mad at him and take it out on him for being part of genetically engineering it. But I don't know. I, I mean, I, I kind of thought along the same lines, except for not even that them finding out whether or not they were genetically engineered didn't matter. They were already, like, after him and uh, basically seemed like they were planning to kill him and... uh he sure. just wanted to make sure that nobody was uh, nobody would be alive to 
to go after him or fuck with him at all. I I I just feel like he's the the complete antithesis to solidarity or finding uh, any kind of um sure uh any kind of of um what do you call it a shared struggle with anybody else. He's just completely out for himself in every single aspect of this movie. Hmm. And I seriously like when he had that first scene where Mac came up and he was being all snotty to Mac. I was like, oh, this must be an activist. Like, that's how I talk to, like, the security guards during things. Like, I thought he was being a smart-ass activist. I thought that, too. I was like, oh, this guy's going to be cool. (laughs) And then it was like, okay, this is a shitty activist. Mm -hmm. Wow, all the activists are shitty. And it was, like, halfway through the movie when I realized he was part of the company. I don't know if that was me being dumb or what, but it was very confusing to me. Yeah, they make it, like, sort of clear in that first scene that he shows up there because he's also the guy in the truck who the, oh shit the i didn't realize he was the guy in the stop. truck oh i didn't catch okay yeah. got it um so but yeah he does this like we're on the same team thing yeah we we you know um, i took that as like what you say to be like look i'm just doing my job i do environmental surveys i'm not one of the rowdy activists i'm just doing environmental survey but yeah not true i was just confused no no I understand where that confusion came from, though. For sure. uh, bad writing yes. is where that <laughs> totally came from. But yeah, I, I don't know. He there was so much sympathy given to him throughout the movie from everyone. Like, yeah, he he had that. They had that. And I want to get back to talking about the the zombie killing game that they had. Like it's when men do, you know, Ooh. all of all of the people on his his team. That arrived there, the squad of survivors were all looking out for him, sort of, during that. And uh, at the man camp, yeah, okay. And he just he just completely abandons them. There's, yep. There's no there's no like I don't know. This film has a very bleak <laughs> view yes. of humanity in general. I think. Hundred percent. I mean, like I very said, bleak. like those other the other groups of people, like. I mean, like Mac and Rita and Tyler, like they do kind of, I think there is something kind of optimistic the way they kind of uh, look past their historical differences and see and come together to try it. And, and they, they form respect and um, with each other and, and try to fight for each other. Uh, I do think there are bleak moments, but I think that's, that's something that's kind of optimistic and positive. I'm trying to find what you're talking about and I don't I can't see it. Like I can see it a little bit, but it's all for their own survival. No, they they but they formed respect. Uh, Mac and Rita, they they formed like a a a, a relationship with each other. Um, yeah. They okay. they get a friendship, I think. Okay. I mean, her tearfully like being like, "I spiked the tree." Like that was that's supposed to be like an emotional thing where where she's formed this bond with him and she feels this great guilt towards him. I don't think you have to form a bond with someone to feel guilty that you led to a zombie outbreak. <laughs> I mean, I think it was definitely supposed to be that because uh, I, they had I, formed I'm, a, I'm with a relationship okay. with each other. All right. I guess it's it. just not nearly as much as I think would naturally happen in almost any disaster scenario. So it seems so bleak well, to me. No, they're not good like, writers. They're doing. I the agree. Bare there's, there's bare not good minimum. Yeah. Totally. Well, and there is the general assumption that happens in like so many disaster narratives that people 
don't form like yeah mm-hmm. come together to to work through this scenario you know like and so i think the writers being like hey they don't hate each other now is like enough like is as much red meat as they could throw to to be like in uh, the context of apocalypse movies or disaster movies i mean also like i pointed out before the fact that the writer has rita kill have to step up for mac and kill luke and Mac have to step up for Rita and kill Greg. I definitely think that was intentionally writing for them to the uh, uh, bond with each other and kind of uh, see each other. Which is just such a weird way to do it. It is a very it. weird way. But <laughs> I get what you're saying is that there's like a synchronicity between them, and but it is like, oh. Thank you for <laughs> killing my friend for me when I couldn't. But in both cases, it's like. <laughs> that my friend was a zombie who was going to kill me and I didn't have the power and strength to do it and you, but sure. you were there to do it for me. Um, totally. Yeah. Well, we keep talking about this man camp, but I need to know, like, what the fuck is going on? Don't understand how long it's been there. I don't understand why it's there. They, the guy recognizes him from like eight years yeah. ago, but have they just been staying in the same? Do you all have any answers for me? Yeah, they they also no, I don't. Um, but also <laughs> that they imply that there's like this uh, history between Andy and Mac that that yeah. doesn't seem like a good history because they're like very no. serious and angry when they're Andy is the the head of the, the man other camp. camp, right? Yeah. Um, okay. And yeah, they're like, don't you remember me? I know it's been eight years, and he's like, "Yeah, I remember you." And you're like, "Oh shit, there's a history there." And yeah. then, nope, we don't have good writers on this movie, so they never go back to that history in any way at all, whatsoever. So maybe they uh, were best friends. Maybe they just kind of passed <laughs> each other at at the logging camp. I <laughs> thought maybe they were lovers. Yeah, maybe they were, were lovers. And um, I thought it was implied that he worked for Mac. But then, like, like I almost thought of this as, like, the bad loggers who, when fired, instead of going and finding other work, they just joined this cult in the woods. Yeah, I, yeah it's, <laughs> while Mac, so there's the two logging camps. Mac has a logging camp of, uh, he's a father, and these are all his children, and he loves sure, them, and okay. they're all working together, bonding together. And the flip side to this is the toxic masculinity logger camp where okay. they bond together by uh, stabbing each other in the hand being hoo, 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 and drinking chugging yeah. beer shotgunning beers and shooting uh zombies um okay so you all did have answers i didn't realize off. this was another work camp that was doing logging i thought this yeah. was a whole different thing <laughs> oh yeah they were yeah they were just also loggers yeah. and and okay. the way i understand it is at least in some some logging scenarios is that there are just like companies hire teams mm. that are basically independently contracted yeah and that's what each of these were just different teams yeah, yeah hired yeah. by the same company but what was going on in that camp was in- yes completely baffling to me 
which very much felt to me like they were like, okay, we're doing 28 days later. We need the military like folks that have lost it in military yeah. in, in 28 days later who have the house. That's just what we need. And so we'll make evil loggers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's definitely kind of what it felt like. Yeah. It definitely felt like, oh, these guys have just have lost their marbles and they've, uh, you know, gone off the range. But uh, how long has it been? Like, it doesn't feel like it's been that long of a time. Right? It's been what do you less mean? How long week. has what been? Yeah, since the outbreak started. I had the same question because it felt like they've been doing that game with the zombies for a long time. Yeah. Like, they had a whole ritual around it. But, like, the, weren't the zombies from, like, three days ago or, like, that, that's five what days I ago? It's, it's, like, only been a few days and they're already just, like, can't fucking take it anymore. Whoa. <laughs> can't fucking take it. <laughs> I mean, it is a zombie outbreak. I mean, it would suck sure, for five days. Sure, but they're also, like barred off from it kind of like like they they have like a safe little seclusion there like yeah it's a zombie yeah. outbreak but they're not i mean the fucking other people that we have they're not losing their minds and they're they've lost everyone they know and and uh fucking yeah through the deaths of the zombies and they're still completely sane how much of this culture we see is because of the zombie outbreak if any mm-hmm or were they just like this? Yeah, I, I, I feel like for the most part, you know, not to the extent where they're stabbing each other's hands and like not even acknowledging the pain of stabbing through the hand outside of an initial. Ah. Um, yeah, like I don't think they're they were doing that beforehand. And obviously they weren't uh, getting together and shooting zombies beforehand. But I feel like the general kind of attitude and uh mannerisms is the same just they're slightly heightened and once again i mean when we're trying to decipher the politics of this person this seems like it's a critique of in some way a critique of uh, toxic masculinity just kind of like the having this place itself and these ultimate uh masculine kind of uh tropes itself seems it has to be like a critique but is it like is is the director aware that that's kind of like what's <laughs> going on here <laughs> well it is contrasted with the fact that mac is like a self-described father basically yeah yeah so you have like good masculinity mm-hmm. versus bad masculinity and yeah i don't i don't know um it sucks i hate them <laughs> can we talk about the 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 game really quick mm-hmm. so yeah again what's his name andy Yes. And Andy picks someone to open the gate and let in a certain amount of zombies for another person he picks to shoot. Now, yes. and it doesn't seem like this is part of a extermination process. Mm-hmm. It just seems like a way to get the boys together to do something. Yeah. Which I almost get to a certain extent. Sure. Yes. If you're uh, going to have to kill zombies, <laughs> make it something you look forward to instead of something you dread. Sure. We right. get some weird shit. Yeah. Now I don't get pulling people into it that don't want to participate. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, I'm just not that kind of guy. But but <laughs> after you, after you, Charlie. I just say, but even then, they, so they pull Carter in, and they're obviously like, this is like a form of punishment, and fuck you, Carter. Um, and his gun jams, but Andy does step in to like save him and shoot the zombie that's about to kill him i definitely feel like that's that's something that has to be considered like they are definitely trying to torture him in a way by putting him in that position but ultimately they he's not letting him 
die when it kind of seems like that's what they would like to do. Um, but he's also dad, you know, like he's still a dad. Yeah. Um, just bad dad. Bad and, dad. you know, like he's still looking out for yeah. his crew, sort of, except for the guy who loves Jesus too much, who <laughs> he also throws into this situation to open the gate when he clearly doesn't want to be a part of it. He's not just charging mm-hmm. um, our our evil scientist character. He's yeah. he's sort of administrating administrating administering yeah. uh, you know harsh medicine to everybody well, uh, for reasons that are very unclear to me. I'm wondering if if it's like Ramon is he's weak. He's too weak, and this is the way to interesting to. I have a different, I think he's establishing the pecking order of like okay. acceptance. Like you have the guy who's excited to shoot zombies, who gets to shoot a lot. He's going to be higher up in this social hierarchy he's creating. You have the people who can't handle the game. They're the people that we're going to make fun of, that we're going to like, tor- we're going to let the boys have fun torturing, that we're probably going to make bring us shit. That's what it feels like to me. I can see that too. And then the other thing I wanted to ask you guys about, so... When I was watching this, I thought, you know, I guess if you watch a bunch of zombie movies and you're placed in a situation where zombies appear, you assume all hope is lost and you just start hacking and slashing and killing them. But right. there's this weird thing where I, when this this came up when um, Mac's friend had to be killed by Rita. Luke, yeah. And I had this moment of like, I wonder if they've, like, put any thought into whether there's a cure for this. Yeah. And and they sort of, like, address it in during the game, like, oh, this is cruel to be doing to them, which I guess, you know, is maybe that's correct. Maybe it is cruel to be doing to them, but, like, doesn't feel too much more cruel than than watching what well, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting everyone's name, Tyler, right? Tyler, yeah. Uh Tyler like absolutely hacking a guy to pe- yeah. or stomping him to pieces or whatever he did like really early on. Just, you know, his first kill, he is covered in blood. Yes. His face is is just red with blood. Um because he didn't just kill this guy. He he tore this zombie to pieces <laughs> and and there's this like weird recognition that like maybe there's something wick, uh, wacky about <laughs> doing this, you know, or wiggy. Well, I feel like most zombie movies, you know, they don't know they're zombies because they haven't se- in zombie movies. There isn't usually a universe where they've like mm. it's not a universe where you can watch the zombie movie. So this is new to you. But these people act like they know they're zombies right away. Otherwise, wouldn't you be like. Oh, it's only been three days. Yeah. Maybe this only lasts four days. Yeah. Like, I don't know anything about this that's happening. Like, but most movies at least have a short discussion about that. Yeah. But in this one, you're right. It's just like, oh, he's not Luke anymore. It's fine. Like, it's some consensus. Well, yeah. Even then, I, I thought it was it's really hilarious how Tyler, you know, he makes his way to the lumber mill and he's attacked by all these zombies and he's saved by Luke and these other people. But he's never like, what the fuck is going on? He never asks them what's going on. They never explain anything <laughs> about what's true. going on. There's never any discussion That's about so it. True. He just kind of accepts it as it goes. I mean, I guess we're supposed to assume that uh, 
in between scenes they just didn't portray but without having any kind of like line where there's an acknowledgement there it's just very um i don't think we're supposed to assume that i think they just didn't think about (laughs) it like it's just very very bad writing yeah i and i wasn't sure what we're supposed to think once once we think oh this is gross what we're doing and again there's a similar beat in 28 days later where they're killing zombies the whole time and and you know there's this whole thing of like as soon as someone's bitten you can't think twice you just need to machete off their head and then they get to again the the camp of bad men and there's the guy chained up in the yard and everyone's like oh this is kind of weird this is this is a strange yeah. thing to see but they kind of let that play out a little more in 28 days later and again we'll we'll get back to that in another episode presumably but um but they don't really let it happen here there's there's no like diving into it i i think the big difference between 28 days later or i'm thinking of like the walking dead is that like there's a person who's in the hospital wakes up and other people have been at it for months so like the main character can just is like oh this is the cultural norm of what we do here Mm -hmm. and tyler's that person in this he shows up late but it feels like it's been like a day yeah and like it doesn't seem like he's like yeah it just doesn't work in this movie i i don't know i don't i don't know why everyone has just assumed that like your loved ones aren't coming back Mm -hmm. and you have to murder them dead totally and you didn't even think about it until strange strangers are are being mowed down in front of you. Like as a slight aside, you brought up the scene where um where they're driving the truck and then they have to kill Luke and Mac has to kill Luke. Uh, just another point of the bad writing. There's a zombie on the truck, and the driver stops and gets out to deal with the zombie like i feel like that's the last person who should go and try to deal with the zombie like the driver should be in the driver's seat ready to fucking gun it like as soon as possible right also what dictates when they go through danger and when they decide not to like in that car they're like there's like three zombies leave our vehicle Mm -hmm. but there's also like when luke meets tyler he's like i'll bring you somewhere safe and they go through lines of zombies to get back to a cabin that like why did you leave in the first place like it none of it is consistent yeah i feel like there's other times where didn't they hit some zombies with the truck but then other times they're like no let's not hit the zombies with the trucks um, I can't remember. I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm making that up. I feel like that was a, there were scenes where both they were trying to avoid the zombies and scenes when they hit zombies. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be completely wrong. You're probably right, dude. <laughs> I would bet you're right. You paid closer attention to this movie than me. You watched it twice. You're, yeah. I trust you. I also watched it twice, but nine years apart or something. So it doesn't count. Yeah. But one of the times I was uh, working out during it, so... Not the best. Brag. Humble brag. Um, <laughs> well, okay. Do y'all have anything else to to say about Tyler? Or should we just get to the, like, did we learn anything phase? Um, cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> the Marlon Brando zombie movies is what I, I like to call him. <laughs> I, I will. The one thing I will say about the ending when. So, first of all, you know, um, um. The scientist leaves and leaves the gate open and zombies come flooding in and 
the good guys wake up and they're like, we got to get out of here. Something's wrong. And they don't check to see if anyone else is alive before they they leave. They just leave, which felt really both like shitty and irresponsible in terms of, you know, being a decent human being, but also not great for your own survival. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then they hear our scientists in the woods getting eaten by zombies and decide to intervene. And all I could think for why they decided to make Tyler go help and immediately die um, yeah. without any pomp or circumstance, you know, like our principal character just gets killed is that the, it just felt like they got tired of making this movie <laughs> yeah. and they, they're just like, yeah. I guess let's just end it. Like yeah. this project has gone on long <laughs> enough. He just goes <laughs> in like an obvious death trap to, save this person that he obviously wouldn't be able to save who's just like the worst human being ever they're just like ah fuck it let's just i have a slightly i think there's a possible other reading that's more charitable you're you're probably right barto but the dad as we discussed tyler's dad is vocally opposed to the containment to killing everybody but when it comes down to it doesn't even do anything to save his own son who he's saying in the beginning is a fail son mm. or like who were portrayed as like not doing it correctly not doing life correctly I see where you're going but then the son does the opposite yeah. where he is willing to sacrifice himself even for the worst person not his son but the worst person in both of their cases Damn. the inevitable is the inevitable that's... but in one of them he tried and the other he didn't you see barto that's some deep thinking right there take a note or two <laughs> i'm gonna do my best next time i'll i'll be better prepared <laughs> I mean, it's possible, and then the next shot is the dad walking away, so it seems like they might be drawing a parallel, but I won't yeah. give this movie an... Like, if this was any other movie, I'd be like, that's what's happening. <laughs> but here, I'm like, they don't... I don't... I No, I actually... I think you're right about this. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna give you a tip of the hat for this one. That, that, <laughs> that feels like you caught an intentional uh, device. It's definitely something worth considering. Um, yeah. It didn't occur to me till you all painted all the pictures of all this stuff. Like when I was watching it, I went, and now he's dead and it's over. <laughs> but with all that you've said about Tyler and the dad stuff, it kind of fits. Yeah, it, it definitely does. I can definitely see that. One thing I just have to say about Tyler that I thought was funny. I don't know if y'all noticed this this thing, but he had this tendency when everyone was like, what we're doing isn't working. We should stop. He'd be like, no, keep going. So like they were all trying to push the truck and the zombies are coming and everyone else is like, gotta go. He's like, no, again, on three, again, on three, get on three. <laughs> and and then there's fails. another truck that like will not start and yeah he fails and then it will not start and then everybody's we gotta go you're flooding it or whatever and he's just like again 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 and i just thought that was a weird character decision to just always make him want to keep going specifically with trucks truck related situations Uh. yeah and then the last little bit is it was perhaps the most abrupt ending i've ever seen i think it was supposed to like leave the viewer like with a sense of like hopelessness like (laughs) that rita just escapes onto the road and it's pouring rain and there's no one around and everyone is dead but it didn't leave me with hopelessness it just left me with uh anger emptiness happiness you were done and not like a cool emptiness like uh yes yeah yeah, I mean, it did make me... I was glad. <laughs> I was glad to be over. 
but but you're uh, bummed you your brain did the work to try to figure out what they were saying because there were so many parts right and when that happens you're like fuck you for making me try to think yeah Yeah. uh yeah i mean she's gotta like die right she's wandering on an empty road in this zombie infested land where there's helicopter gun helicopters trying to kill anyone which by the way i i i don't understand that camp existing by itself when there's gun helicopters around they just like ignored the camp itself but if they walked away from the camp they'd shoot at them like we didn't even mention that while they're shooting a machine gun from a helicopter (laughs) at our heroes or whatever while that's happening the people at the camp bag the people bag our heroes (laughs) they run up to them in the line of of, of fire and just put bags on their heads so then they have to fucking carry them away while these fucking helicopters are shooting at them (laughs) so like the idea that they weren't like coordinating mm-hmm. it like was so confusing like we but you all yeah. were like different than them what and i, and I the, mean i think uh, it was the movie trying to do like a one-two punch with you like it was like yeah. uh it's not the same guys who are shooting at them isn't that weird <laughs> and but like there was no again no payoff at yeah. all no there was well, no like nothing well like i brought up before so yeah it it that scene itself, it seems like they're kind of risking their necks to get them out of there, even though they're bagging them. They're still trying to save them from the helicopter fire. And yeah. then they go back to their place and they're like, oh, you guys can take these three beds. Sorry, that's all the beds we have. But then we see them lying on the floor. We see the actual inhabitants of the camp lying on the floor and letting their guests have the beds. It's like, maybe these guys aren't that bad. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> But then there's the implication that they're going to sexually assault her, like, which is... I mean, the exact implication was only brought by Andy, not the rest of the camp. Who's the leader who decided the bed thing. Yeah. I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it's... And as far as whether Rita, like, could survive or not, it never crossed my mind to think about that. Mm. And if they made a follow-up and she was alive, or they made a follow-up and she had died, I would be upset either way. Yeah. Like, it's just <laughs> so bad. <laughs> like, I just, yeah. Okay, what did we learn? What did you learn? I don't think I learned anything. You've been but hinting I just, that you learned something. No, I just want to point out the pattern, is that, like, okay... You have the loggers. We have good loggers and we have bad loggers, right? We have the good camp with Mac Mm -hmm. and we have the bad camp with like the dictator, right? Then with the people trying to stop, like we have the implication that there is something bad about genetic engineering and maybe even clear cutting. Genetic engineering causes zombies in this. There's an implication that it's bad. Clear cutting is a little more shaky, but like multiple characters mentioned trying to stop it and the board that wants to keep doing it is shown as kind of evil like right the company's evil there's two groups of people trying to stop it the the genetic engineering and and the deforestation there's the activists who are shown to be selfish naive stupid all this shit and then there's carter who's working within the system activists working without the system and or outside of it carter who's even worse he's the worst person so the only fucking answer that that paints for me is that environmental problems are bad but trying to do anything about them is worse that's it i mean 
anything substantial basically um i feel like this is the kind of person who thinks that like the most the most kind of uh liberal kind of protectionism bullshit will actually do anything um but the the board shows that you can't even from the head of a company you can't affect it to be better like it's like trying to stop corporate greed is impossible even if you're in the the head of the company who started it the only good person is the person who cuts down trees and is nice while doing it <laughs> like i don't know it just seems like so utterly confusing and bleak that like it does feel like they're saying these environmental problems are real but that like every they don't show us anyone who cares about them who's doing good you know yeah Ugh, that's all i got it's just bleak yeah <laughs> i mean if there's anything good good to come from it i'm now um because of this movie, I'm going to become an environmental activist. So, um, hell yeah, I'm going to use uh, the tactics outlined in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Uh, specifically by you Carter creating spike the trees a, uh, that you're chained to, creating zombie sap, and then um, uh, by Rita's tree spiking. Those are the things. What? I'm going to do. One thing we didn't even point out about that sap, by the way, is that they're like look at the sap and they have it on a q-tip and he's like i've never seen this volume of sap before and then the guy stares at a tiny uh, droplet on a q-tip and is like oh you're right it's like what are you fucking talking about anyway science is bad charlie i'm glad i'm glad it inspired you barto are you inspired are you gonna go out there and change some minds hearts and minds i'm yeah i'm just going to go pick a tree in the forest <laughs> and chain myself to it. <laughs> tell nobody. And, and tell nobody. Um, and hope for the best. Yeah. And by the best, I mean hope they don't. I'm going to pick the prettiest tree. You know, I just want there a, you go. a big, pretty tree. And uh, yeah, yeah. it's safe. Better yet, you should like socially pressure someone else to chain themselves to the prettiest tree. Absolutely. I'm going to badger uh my wife to also <laughs> pick another tree you know and when she dies one. you're gonna sleep with the next person you see well we're both gonna die we're both gonna be changed yeah i was trees, gonna say but... i like to okay. announce this is our last episode with barto but oh, it's yeah. been great having him for a host we're now looking for a new a new co-host <laughs> um elon musk just gonna throw it out there the Positions open, buddy. Charlie, you said you were going to use these tactics too, so I think I'm going solo here. Well, I was going to use the smarter tactics, creating okay. zombie sap and uh, spiking right. the trees, and then boning out after spiking the trees. Nice. Okay, well, let's do some awards, folks. Uh, I love awards. Who's got a dumb cop of the week? Here we go. Fucking the millennials have to have an award for everything. <laughs> This movie definitely gets a participation trophy. <laughs> oh, the the uh, Tyler's dad, surely, mm. is the is the perfect kind of functional cop for being like, oh, I can't change anything from the inside. <laughs> you know, nothing I can do is um the, the perfect police position hell yeah that's a good one that's a good one um i'm gonna go with uh andy the head of the man camp 
I don't have any explicit reason because I feel like almost anyone in this movie could get the award. Yeah. But when he said no more room at the inn, I just hated it so much <laughs> that I gave him the award. <laughs> but once again, we saw them sleeping on the floor and allowing <laughs> the guests to sleep on the beds. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. I think you need to email this dude, Charlie. <laughs> it's just insane that they they acted like, oh, we only have three three bunks. Uh, sucks for you guys. And they're like, yep, yeah, and we're all going to sleep on the fucking floor. <laughs> I thought that was, sorry, I cannot get over how insane that was. <laughs> um, uh, what do you got, Charlie? Uh yeah, I had Carter for being a fucking weasel just out oh, for himself yeah. all the time. Um, Good call. I also just had the, the masculine camp in general just for like, we want to get up close and shoot all these uh, uh, zombies just as a sign of how tough we are and just this, we're so masculine and tough. I was split between those two. Totally. And there is like, I don't know, like in prepper culture they use zombies like a weird like doomsday prepper culture they use the term zombies as like a dog whistle for like people of color and other people that you want to shoot so the fact that they're making a game out of it really gave me like a prepper oh, vibe which is very like police officer talked more extensively about that yeah. that is and, an interesting thought well that'll next time next, next there's going to be a lot of zombie movie. movies after this isn't is ramon the only uh non i guess andy wasn't white was he i was gonna say ramon wasn't white and it's kind of interesting. i mean mac i i meant of the the masculine camp mm. um, i just that they ramon's the one that's ultimately shot and killed by the, the oh, camp leader yeah. um true i want to go on record and say both camps were very masculine they were just differently yeah masculine one was more about i guess comradeship and brotherhood and the other one was just more about toughness and although he was like oh yeah i'm a father to all the people but the first like line is him being like what's your name again (laughs) ian (laughs) you go do that (laughs) as someone who's bad with people's names i i get it true you can parent people you don't remember um okay praxis award um I'm going to go with Rita for spiking the tree um, and taking down two logging camps. <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> she, she's so bad at shit that she did it right. <laughs> <laughs> Barto, what do you got? I don't know. I can't top that. That's very funny. <laughs> uh, oh man, I don't know. I yeah, I could not in good conscience give a Praxis award. I couldn't do it. <laughs> no, you're, that's very good though. That's very funny. <laughs> No, that was very funny. I just, when I was thinking of it, I was like, I hate everything about all of the things happening. None of you get a practice for. <laughs> yeah. You didn't do a single tactic correctly. Oh, Lord. Uh. <laughs> <sighs> uh. Environmental win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just hope she goes and, like, 
you know, somehow, like, fucks up another tactic and creates, like, werewolves that stop, like, strip mining or something. Like, this could be just an ongoing... (laughs) Uh, Okay. Favorite shots. Okay, so I don't really have a favorite shot from this movie because I thought it was every shot was terrible, pretty it's much. It's not <laughs> but, filmed good. Like, <laughs> like, it was remarkable in how poorly it made me aware of what was going on in every environment. Like, it was, it was almost <laughs> shocking, like, how little information the camera gave you. But... Uh, <laughs> I did think I laughed the hardest when Tyler first shows up at the first logging camp and he like sees the the guy leaning over and he's like, hey, where is everybody? What are you doing? <laughs> and, and, and the guy is eating someone else. And as the viewer, we see that. So it's not a surprise to us. You like just no. see this shot over Tyler's shoulder of a a man eating another man but Tyler doesn't see it and i and i thought that was a a kind of cool inversion of the complete lack of any other information that we got in that we got yes. way too much information in that shot yes. and and for that it gets my best shot i also i mean that's one of the shots where i was like what how does the zombie not hear him he's asking all these yeah. questions then the next scene they're in the cabin like everyone be quiet yeah they can hear us yeah it's like, say, that's it's what just... you brought up at the beginning of this episode is yeah. that there's no fucking rules there's no yeah <laughs> including tyler sometimes can see and sometimes can't see what's happening right in front of him yeah. <laughs> um charlie you have a favorite shot yeah uh it's kind of um a cheat shot but um the after rita and tyler um have sex there's like a transition shot um the imply that like morning's coming and it's a shot like it's an overview of the island and it's like the top of the trees and like fog like rolling across them it's a very very pretty shot but completely detached from the movie itself. Yep, that's my shot. That's the only good shot in the movie. Was that actually your shot? Or... <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I this movie going like... is made horribly, but it looks like shit completely throughout the entire thing. Oh, and there's no way that they filmed that. Like, they yeah. bought that yeah, from yeah, some, totally. like... Yeah. <laughs> I was just like sitting there being like, okay, I'm not going to have a favorite shot or a praxis. Oh, whoa, clouds. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was definitely the same way. I was like, fuck, I need to get, I need to get a favorite shot. Because usually when I'm watching these movies, I like mark down multiple shots when I'm writing notes. Yeah. And this is like, oh shit, we're like over an hour into it and I still haven't gotten a favorite shot. over an hour into an hour and 15 minute movie yeah. um, just nothing nothing just yeah. hideous camera work mm-hmm. <laughs> uh okay we don't have a zombie scale maybe one day we should make one uh for all the zombie movies that might be fun Keep I, it consistent. I think that would be fun i i started thinking about it but then i forgot so all i got right now is uh bub the zombie from day of the dead should be one of them but, I, I well i think we thinking, can just like brains 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 <laughs> just more <laughs> that's a good one well i think it's easy to say that like uh you know 
once we have that, whatever the bottom yeah. is, just know that this is that. <laughs> so the, the, we know right now F is going to be um, severed. <laughs> yes, for sure. I mean, maybe there's even worse ones, but I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> no. I, yeah, if you ask me to watch a worse one, I'm as long as it doesn't like fish hook back around to like being good again in some way, um, I... I will say we should watch a different movie before we record. I'm, not, I'm <laughs> pushing. I like talking button. about bad movies. We had some fun with some of those cameras, but to each their own. To each their own. Oh. Good thing it's not a democracy, though. I had fun doing this. You know. <laughs> uh, do we need to rate it, or do we just all know it's the bottom? I, I do feel like I would rate it slightly higher than either of you. I think I just had more fun watching it. Um, like I, I said earlier, I just, if it's a horror movie, generally I'm going to have some kind of fun with it, but yeah, it, it's a terrible movie. I, I looked at your, uh, your letterbox score rabbit and so I, I saw that you had up. a one and a half star and I went and I'm like, what did I write this? And I'm like, one and a half. And I'm like, why did it get that extra star? What did, what did it do to become I, one and a half stars? And I'm not really even sure. I can't. I think it was Sexy there was stuff like it was an, like the guy a person being chained to a tree and getting eaten is inherently an interesting idea that stuck <laughs> with me for years and made me remember this movie that no one else had ever talked about yeah. to me and like i have to give it you know and that image of someone being uh chained to a tree and eaten by zombies is i think something all of us always think whenever we see these fucking blue-haired environmental activist. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, giving yourself over to the state, like, you know, civil disobedience that's not actually, that's just like for attention, which like, you know, been doing stuff for a long time. I've definitely been involved with things like that, like a lot of times. It feels very much like this shot of being chained to a tree with no one giving a fuck and you're getting eaten by zombies for no purpose. So there's that. Like, it has that, and with whatever their intentions, that's beautiful. So that is star-worthy. One star. Yeah, one star. One bonus star <laughs> from the, the half I mean, that is the minimum. I debated hard what to rate it. I was sitting there like... <laughs> I mean, it, it it didn't like viscerally offend me in in some way. Like, I guess it could have viscerally offended me more. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, thought I love it, you trying to find the bottom. You're like, <laughs> did it insult my uh, family? Did it? <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Like, there was like there are things films that can do that can make me really uncomfortable. In, in a way that is not good or art artistic yeah. or whatever that um, this one did not do. And so I guess that, that would be the floor, the half star floor for me. But I mean, honestly, I think if it was slightly more well-made, it might have been one star because it was interesting to see how bad they would fuck it up the whole time like i was just like <laughs> how can this get worse and that held my attention a little bit cool well i just want to shout out uh two ongoing forest defense uh things happening right now that are not like this at all one of them is defend atlanta forest in atlanta y'all should definitely check that out it's this long ongoing 
uh, fight to protect a forest on the outskirts of the city that is going to be turned into like a bunch of bullshit, including like training areas for camp uh, for cops, and it's just fucking horrible. And the resistance to it has been like super inspiring and creative. So definitely check that out. Also, I'm not as well versed in these things as I used to be, but the only like ongoing tree sits I know of right now are happening in Northern California and Humboldt County to protect the Matoll Forest. And this is like such a long fucking fight. Like I, there's people who are out there or uh, who have like spent most of their life who are older than me and spent most of their life defending this forest and they're still out there and there's lots of young people doing it. And like, I mean, it's just this constant battle against uh, Humboldt Redwood Company to just protect this really important forest. And they're using the classic tactics, but with some like new twists to make them more confusing and more difficult to dismantle. And they're going strong and it's fucking awesome. So if you find yourself with some free time and want to try to join one of those uh, efforts, fucking do it or uh, send them money if you can. Uh, you can find them both online. And uh, also just a shout out to any other forest defense campaigns that I don't know about because I don't pay attention anymore. Can I throw one out there? Please. Um, I hope I don't divide our audience, but uh, Timothy McVeigh, you know, he could use some letters uh, if you want to write some uh, letters. Isn't Timothy McVeigh still alive? I think you mean Ted Kaczynski, maybe? Ted Kaczynski, god damn it. <laughs> Ted Kaczynski is uh, nice, nice still try. out there. Um, you know, he has, some people say his, his uh, agenda and means are a little radical, but, um, you know, his heart's in the right place, so you could write him some letters. I love that uh, that, that was the Freudian slip. It's, like, too perfect for where your brain is actually at. Uh we talked about uh, Ted Kaczynski and our views on him extensively during the first Gamera episode, so you should definitely check that one out. Did you really? Um, <laughs> oh yeah, that. it was. Yeah, that was a fucking good episode, I think. Uh, I listened to that. I don't remember you talking about. I mean, about maybe Ted. maybe not extensively, <laughs> but we definitely touched on it a little bit. <laughs> yes, sure. Okay. Um, I mean, we went into MK Ultra. We went into like how. I was offered money to run his ad and we debated oh, it anyway. It was right. Yes. Uh, anyway. Hey, you listener, you're awesome. Thank you for listening to us dissect this masterpiece. You can find us on Twitter at no gods pod. You can email us no gods pod at uh, gmail.com and check out the show notes. If you want, there'll be some links to like uh, texts, uh, texts that talk about this kind of forest defense, um, movies about this kind of stuff. So check it out.